My name is Robert. My name is Chris. And you're listening to Working as Designed. Yay. All right, let's get into it. Episode two. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something that I, I think every developer hates to talk about, something that we're all asked to do. Uh, on a regular basis, and we all suck at it, and that is estimating. Chris, I, I want to pull up a meme here, um, one that I think really embodies uh, the struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's throw that up on camera real quick. Um, there's, a, there's a funny meme here of uh, uh, developers basically wishing that they could travel back in time to estimate something perfectly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've all used the time machine analogy like several times. They're just like, just give me a time machine just so I can get it all done. Yeah, but the I think the thing that we we forget is I, I don't think any amount of time traveling is going to make us estimate well. It it I feel like no matter what we do, estimating is hard. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, I, a lot of times it's a lot of variables, right? It's unknowns. It's... You know, you might think that you know what you're doing and then you get into it and then you don't. Like, so the question is, like, how much planning do you do, too, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, is is it possible to estimate well? or well, is what, Okay, I guess maybe before we get too far, what kind of estimates are you talking about? Well, I mean, whether it's points or hours, I think at, at its core, estimating reflects time. Like, you, you can abstract it away mm-hmm. in points, but points i mean at some point they translate into like physical time yeah so let's just talk about it in the very abstract sense like quantifying time for a project is have you ever seen a team estimate well you know i think so funny thing (laughs) so our first software job right we got within 1% of estimates for the year. I don't remember. Like, really? 1%? 1%. I don't know how we did it. Did we estimate in hours or points? Hours. I, I feel like... But, like, also, but you got to remember, the tenure of that team, like, we worked together as a solid team for four or five years by that point. Well, and the work was repetitive. Right. Yeah. So, it was very calculated. It was, it was very rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. I'm going to build this page. Well, everything is already, like, laid out in some sort of golden standard of like, here you go. Yeah. So, okay. I, I, I hear you. If, you know, if I'm doing the same thing every single day, I can see a scenario where I get really good at estimating, but then you're not really estimating. You're just quoting. You're just quoting what you know it takes. I'm talking about, you've never done it before. Um, how, how do you estimate that well? Or can, can you, or is, is it just, should we just give up? Should we just throw out random numbers and, I mean, d- developer me is like, yeah, who yeah. cares? Just let, give me all the time in the world, right? We've done that before. <laughs> yeah. um, let, let's. Well, first off, is is estimating in in your opinion? Because because you've you've been a developer, you're now a manager. Mm-hmm. Do you is estimating important? Always to, to you. What, yeah. Why? So as manager me, right? I didn't know if the team's actually getting work done, right? And how much work that they're able to do, and how much they're able to consume, right? And Part of it, it, the way I always try to look at it, too, is also in terms of equity, right? What do you you mean by that? Well, so, like, that one person isn't overdoing it over somebody else, right? Because, like, you know, so all the developers at our different skill level, that's fine. You know, what might take you three hours takes me two, but that's fine, right? So the expected is I'm expected to get more output done than what you probably would. And output is subjective, right? Because 40 hours of work or 30 hours of work, whatever the metric is for how much development time you should get done is different, right? Yeah. But it's equitable time, right? And if you're not achieving your potential or your expectation, then where does that time go, right? So, Am so I taking it on or yeah. is it going somewhere else? You, you manage how – many, how many teams do you manage? Uh, I mean – Three? I'm going to say th- – I'm going to say two, well, but technically no, you, you, it should be three. You have two in-house dev teams, an in-house uh, DevOps team, like an SRE team. Sure, yeah. And then you have a contracting team. You have four teams. Yeah, yeah, that team right? I need to manage better, but sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. So um, 
how do they feel about estimating? Is it like... It, oh, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it. It's the worst, yeah. right? So it, it all kind of, But like, honestly, it's how the teams approach estimates is what they hate. How, right? how, how do they like... So wait, they, they, they hate how they approach it. Are, are they... How, how do they approach it? Well, so honestly, like, obviously we're trying different techniques now, right? But the things that was always given to them was, you know, the way that we've, the way that we've evolved, right? At the beginning, when I first started as a developer, where we're currently at, was, um, hey, here's an hour meeting. Let me t tell you all the stuff that I know about it. And these are the modifications in 10, and like 45 minutes is precursor. 10 minutes of, hey, this is what's new. Give me a number. We're going to call that the dump truck model, where you literally just dump an entire project on a team and you expect them to give a full estimate. Yeah, that, know, that's anywhere between like a couple days to like three months worth of work. Yeah, I, I guess it's worth pointing out that we're talking about projects that are hundreds of hours generally. That we're yeah, so I, yeah, I guess that's important context, right? So the teams that I work with, the average timeline for a project is about one month. Okay. Sometimes it's shorter. Sometimes it's longer. Sometimes we have, right now we're working through a nine month project, right? But like for me, that's the abnormal. There's a whole nother development side in our company and they go anywhere between like three months and nine months. Like yeah. they're, they're usually long-term projects that full implementation, Really so, understanding like deep knowledge of what's going on. So back to the team hating how they estimate. You, you talked about this dump truck model where they just literally get information thrown at them and, and produce an estimate. How have they iterated on that and improved on estimating? Because I'm assuming they're not doing that still. No, God, no. Yeah. Yeah. So the what has changed is, um, well, and again, part of it was me pushing it to some degree, was getting our product owner to stop thinking that way and giving the time the team time to consume and understand right so then we broke that up into two different parts one is an introduction and then number two is the estimate right so they introduce it you know they kind of again give that context of what it is now if the team still needs more context then at least like there's a break in between this session and next session and that they can go do their own investigation to try to come up with numbers. So the intro and the estimation, those are days apart. Generally. Generally, okay. Yeah, at, le at least one. At least one. So they, so you introduce a project to them, it gives them time to digest it. Yeah. And then a day or two goes by and then, then they estimate it. And then they get, well, so then they get thrown into a meeting again, right? Given a one hour time slot, give me all the numbers right now. Okay. And... So that's the second evolution. Right. And, and, and even sometimes that feels, and again, all, all of the thing, right, is that feels too rushed sometimes. How much, like, okay, let's, let's paint an ideal picture. Like, what does ideal, idealistic estimating look like? Well, you? honestly, to, to me, I think idealistic is put it on my schedule, right? Like, take as much time as you need? Well, it's not take as much time as I need, but it's, hey, here's a project. This is what needs to be delivered. Tell me the solution that you're looking for, right? Tell me why, give me the context. I'll help fill in gaps if I need to fill in technical gaps or whatever it is. And tell me, hey, like I need an estimate by end of day tomorrow, end of day or end of week, right? So, so that yeah. I can plan my days around it rather than getting interrupted and having to change con So like I'm a huge advocate of um, cognitive load, right? Like you can only retain so much and as soon as you detract somebody from an idea, it's going to take them so much more time to ramp up and investigate and try to learn, right? I mean, we're, we've worked with a couple developers that like if you were to say, hey, give me an estimate, it'll take them a half a day because they have to ramp down from what they're currently doing, spend an hour or two ramping up to what they are trying to find out, put cobble their ideas together, and then now you got to spin down and back up again. Yeah. Right. And if, if you put it on somebody else's schedule or saying like, hey, you know, you set that expectation of this is when I need this thing delivered, then they can work their day out of, OK, like I know I'm going to be most effective figuring this out in the morning or most effective at near end of day or whatever that they need to get it done. Yeah, I I think I think perhaps 
because because you and I are different. You and I are comfortable in a room, just spitballing. I mean, we've estimated two thousand hour projects together yeah. with a I whiteboard mean, and post-it notes. I mean, a couple half. I mean, at least half million dollar projects yeah. at least. So like, it's not like they're small in any kind. Yeah, and I think maybe our style of estimating has influenced how we estimate as an organization. But it's it's interesting that I. And maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. But like just the idea of putting people on the spot in a meeting to give an estimate is probably not the most effective way. I mean, it probably wasn't done either. You know, I mean, it, it always brought anxiety to people. I I enjoy that, though. I enjoy it, the. Well, so here. OK, so but here's the thing. Right. So when we're doing it, it's you and I in a room. Right, we are sitting there at thinking technically as developers. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right, as opposed to having a meeting of five different roles sitting there. Of you know, you got your QA, you got your developer, you got your product owner, yeah. whoever else is present. And the conversation you and I have is not fruitful for everybody else there, right? So they're trying to gather their thoughts, but they're hearing a different conversation. And again. It, it detracts from what people are trying to do. It does seem that in those estimation meetings that one person or two people dominate the meeting and the other people just kind of shriek back. And, it, and it's, it stops being like a collaborative thing. And it's just a... Well, in a lot of cases, it's a lot more experience, right? People don't want to... Some people don't want to speak up, right? Or, again, they don't feel equipped to answer the questions. So they don't want to give an answer or be held to an answer that they don't feel good about. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I popped into one of the estimation meetings recently, and I could clearly tell everybody was confused, mm -hmm. but nobody wanted to say anything. They all just were like, well, I guess it's a week. And it's like, well, what do you guys need to, to have confidence to get there. in this? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about hours versus points, because I get really confused. Like, because to me, I'm thinking to myself, at, yeah, sure, let's call it points, but like, at the end of the day, it translates into time. So what is the reasoning behind estimating in points versus hours? Yeah, so so I've never estimated in points. I'll, I will preface that. But my understanding of it is, um, is to abstract away the hours, right? And this is back to the same thing, like a two to a three to you and I, right? Yeah. And I think we've talked, we've done estimates in this particular way, right? You have like a one, two, three, like through Fibonacci, yeah. and like a one is a configuration. A three is a new data element. A five is a new page or whatever it is, right? And that has a particular, though that ranking has a particular meaning of what it means or the complexity that's entailed into what, it. What do right? you mean by that? For like, the complexity? Yeah, like how, how, to, how to explain that more? You're, you're saying those numbers relate to complexity. How do they relate? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's um, how much, it's really how much effort, how much work needs to go into it, right? So, like, I'm thinking in terms of, you know, let's say you have a search screen, right? You already have the data elements. You're already capturing the data. You just need to make a screen that can rip through that data and present something meaningful, right? Usually things like that, not that complicated, depending on the system that you're building. But, like, they can be pretty straightforward, um, as opposed to, like, a data entry screen, right? Sometimes they're very straightforward or sometimes, you know, they have a lot of validation rules or they have a lot of business logic that has to be into like, if you're calculating money or things like that, like that's going to be more complicated. So one would be the easiest thing you could possibly do a 40 or I don't know what the highest number is, would be the hardest thing you could do. And then you basically figure out where does everything fit in the middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But at the end of the day though, that, that gets converted into time, which get was time is measured in hours. So why points why not just and this is and I'll, I'll you know this is what we do at work right we estimate fibonacci in hours so yeah so so a sprint has some sort of defined timeline right yeah generally about two weeks typically i mean depends on your team and what you need to do um and you you generate velocity right just like you would do with hours just like you would do with points and the idea is that you're always hitting velocity and gaining velocity as you're sprinting along so your velocity might be 80 story points. Right. And that 80 is different than... Your six... That team's 60 or yeah. something like that. Okay. So I could see... I could see a scenario... So if if it if it's a degree of difficulty and not time, 
those story points could essentially apply to another team, but that team would just have a higher velocity. Right, they'll get more done. Yeah, okay. So so okay. So there's the that that is the benefit I guess of using points on hours because if we estimated in hours, you couldn't just like a 30-hour project to you is not it's like maybe a 60-hour project to me. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. But I mean like so but that's where it gets funny, right? Is what what kind of work are you doing and what are you able to handle, right? Um because I feel like what we're in is we want our teams I mean, we have our teams estimate their work, right? So that they are accountable and that they can really have a say in the work that they're doing, right? Yeah, it, so if they're going to say it's going to take me a day to do it, okay, you got a day to do it, right? But like transferring it to, but the translation to another team, right? We don't have that. Um, I mean, we, we probably do if we really looked at it, but the transform of what is the calculation, what's going to be the time difference? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I and and I think the way we because we est we estimate in hours and I think the way we account for that is, well, a team just is not operating at a hundred percent. Like a hundred percent is six hours a day per person. Yeah. We might say, well, the team's at eighty percent or they're at seventy percent. So we we sort of account for those variations variant, variations through yeah. through that. But it, it yeah, I could see story points being like a legitimate making a legitimate case for it. Yeah. Um, can you, so we talked about good estimation is, uh, giving the team time to, to, to do estimation, not just putting them on the spot in a meeting. Well, and the other thing too, I'd also say with it as well is, you know, when we, when you ask about like, you know, how do I figuring out estimates? I'm never going to estimate something that I can't do my, like I can't figure out. Right. So whenever I throw an estimate at a problem, I at least have a solution in mind. It might not be the best solution, but it's at least a solution. Yeah. Okay. But the you don't know a hundred percent how you're going to do it. Oh gosh, no. But I have at least one idea of how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Right. So I can at least draw a map from A to B. But like, I might be stopping at Starbucks or Wendy's or who like who knows where I'm going. But like, I'm going to get there. And then you see, you know, and then I feel like that's our dynamic when we estimate things. Well, okay, you see the map from A to B, but now, like, you know, you're stopping at Taco Bell instead yeah. and nowhere else. Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Better one. Yeah. Uh, sponsor him, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and, and, and that's where we can talk about our maps, right? What's different? What, how do we understand this different? Like, do we even understand that we're going to the same destination in the first place? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that's a big... I think that's a big thing people tr avoid because they think that everybody's on the same page. But really, once you tell everyone, like, hey, what's your understanding of that project? It could be different. You never know. Yeah. How do, okay, do you think a project can ever be too large? And, I, and I, I say this in jest because we've estimated, like, stupidly large projects. But, like, at some point, is a project so large that you're basically just guessing? I mean, isn't that all it is? Well, no, it's... It, no, so, so okay, so, I mean, I know we throw this around the office a lot, right? Um, you know, between an estimate, a guesstimate, and an educated guess. Like, what's the difference between all three of those? I mean, like you described earlier, an estimate, you kind of have an idea how you're going to do it. and But when a project is so large, or it's years, we've, we've, we've estimated year-long year projects. Like, at some point, is is it even worth it to do that? Or are you just... Is an estimate just turning into a time box at that point? I mean, it has to, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. So going back to one of the products that we just built within the past couple of years, like it was a year long project. We had no idea what we were doing. Like, and we decided to explore new technologies with that too. Yeah. I remember the team was mad when we asked them to estimate it. They like, they, they hated the idea. How are we going to estimate a two year long endeavor? Yeah, I'm curious what, why, from your perspective, why you think they were frustrated with it. I mean, honestly, I, from there, I think it's just a lot of unknown, right? Yeah. The, you know, there, there's a lot of stock to be set in the team having experience in the technology, or at least being proficient enough in the technology before they start something. Yeah, they did not want to estimate MongoDB because they didn't know it. Yeah, it, it is that a. 
is that a fault? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, or or you estimate for the unknown, and then you estimate for when you do know it. Okay, you bring up a good point. You're 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 estimating with the assumption you know what you're doing. So yep. so you you have that little chunk of uncertainty at the beginning of the project. And it might be a lot of chunk of uncertainty, but like yeah. still, but I'm I'm making time for myself to yeah. do it. And then you're like, okay, I'm gonna pretend like I'm an expert. And now, based on me being an expert, this is how long it should take me to do it. Or proficient, even. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that's a that's a and maybe that only comes with time and experience. But I feel like that's not how people estimate. Like I've seen developers estimate where they're like, I don't know how to do this, and I need to do it seven times. Mm-hmm. So. It's hard. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it a large, and then I'm going to multiply that by seven. And it's like, well, no, by the third or fourth time, this is going to be a walk in the park. Right. So let's just, let's just estimate some time to learn. Let's assume we're, we're proficient. And now we got this thing on rinse and repeat. Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, also part of that, too, is understanding that, again, this is back how far do you plan in the future, right? Because if you know you're going to do it seven times, well, okay. The first one's going to take forever. Yeah, but everything after that's going to be da, 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 da. and and for what it's worth, that team eventually started being confident in that. But I feel like they had to like experience the success before they felt confident that they could estimate as though they were successful. Whereas you and I are were probably more like, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Like we did that with translations when we, you know, I had the brilliant idea to translate the entire application into three different languages and we had no clue what we were doing but like we we're like well if we can build this black box to do everything mm-hmm. then it then then this other part implementing it is like two minutes each or three right. minutes each right but building the black box we're like i don't know yeah. i i i like to use the analogy if i if you locked me in a room how many like how many days would it take to to do it and i felt like yeah after a month I could we could probably have it built. Yeah, that pro- so that project was difficult too because I remember the lead that we had on it like he really struggled with any degree of uncertainty. Yeah, he he was not nice guy. Yeah. Real nice guy, easy to talk to. Smart too. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, but it it, it was um and this is a topic for another time. Yeah. But like the high but the high pressure situation, yeah. right? Is how do you how do you deal and identify a workplace that's like that and can you do it yeah but he and if there was like he was the epitome of i i cannot not even i won't i just i physically can't give you an estimate on the spot i need to like take a nap like meditate read come back to me in two weeks and i'll give you a ballpark like that one he's not the only developer that we've but like that person isn't the only developer that we've experienced that with yeah there's other ones too in Again, I don't know, if, like you said, I don't know if that's generational. I don't know, you know, if it's literally just the background that they come from. But, like, some of the people that are highly analytical, right, they just need time. And, again, this back to the very first comment. You need time to consume and understand, yep. right? Because if you were to ask that person on the spot, I need an estimate right now, sure, they, they might feel pressured and give you something, but it ain't going to be good. Okay, let's, let's explore this because um, they're – is oftentimes tension between the business and the dev team and a lot of times that tension comes from i need an estimate right now and the team gives an estimate because they feel like they have to because they feel like they have to and that estimate is generally garbage well i would say specifically it's inflated and the business gets frustrated because i hey i can't go to the client with this estimate and the team's like yeah, but you've given me a day to produce it. Mm-hmm. So or less. Yeah. So you've been in a lot of those situations. How how do you navigate that situation where you're being asked what is assuming what, what we're going to assume is the impossible? Give give me an estimate, and you have 24 hours to do it. What do you do? If I don't have enough information, I'm going to start asking a ton of questions. Like you know, if you're if you're asking me to do that. You have to make yourself available, whether you <laughs> yeah, want it or not, yeah. right? Yeah, and gener- and generally that that prompt shows the business that this is a bigger thing than they might think, right? Because you're asking like like, and a lot of times, especially when you you work for a business where 
Um, I should say, this is the ideal scenario, right? This isn't like what always happens. Yeah, yeah. But when you work for a business where the owner was a developer and maybe the way that he's envisioning or she's envisioning something is built is very different than it's built today. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, well, when I think back to how long that used to take, I could get that done in a day. But they're not thinking about how it's done today. All the overhead. All the overhead, all the complexities, all the moving parts. Um, when you start asking those questions and, and you start help, you help them, by asking the questions, you help them to see the complexity of it. And you can sort of build this empathy with business and, and with management. But if you just say, I can't do that, don't ask me to do that. It's hard for the business to to be empathetic towards you, yeah. but just by asking questions, yeah. like valid questions, you can you can help eliminate that toxicity. And and for what it's worth, in in this times I've seen you do that, the business has generally been receptive to it. Like, oh, I I get it. It's more complicated than we than I originally thought. Yeah. Or sometimes they're like, no, you're overcomplicating it because I do that sometimes. Because we do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but that's an easy thing to get into, right? Because sometimes again. How far do you plan in the future, right? Like, like right now is a key example that we have three or four projects that are just jumbled in the wrong order, right? Like the client is asking for this feature, or they brought this feature up first, and it's such a small piece. But then as you get further and further down, they're like, hey, we want you to refactor this entire part of the module. Well, shoot, maybe we should talk about that first, yeah. because then everything after that becomes easier. So how right? do you how do you because you don't want to blue sky the project to death. So how do you handle that? So that's hard, right? Is the question is who's in the know? What do you what do you mean? Well, so like okay, so in my role, right? I'm I'm aware of these projects that are coming down the pipeline. Your, your role. So being... I'm my role as manager, yeah, okay. or architect, or whatever yeah. it is, whatever my role is in that room at the time, right? And now I didn't do it when our uh, UI UX person did it, but like, they're like, this is backwards. Like, what are we doing? You know, like, this is crazy, you know? And once we started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, like, this makes total sense. We should do the refactor first so everything becomes easier afterwards. Do you think... And, and if the team got that, because, and I, honestly, the team got one part of the microcosm and that's all that was presented to them. So they didn't have visibility on what's going on. So without seeing the larger refactor that the UI team was looking forward to, the team's estimate was basically going. What's to be, right now? It was going to be wrong no matter what. Right. Yeah. And there, and honestly, like for well, actually, this part, yeah, this part of the system was then on our legacy code base. So we would have had a if we proceeded in the route that we were going, we were going to do twice the amount of work. Yeah. And and the how did how did you identify that? I didn't. The UI team did. The UI team did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that last project was even on the horizon. That's how you know you got a good UI team when they're looking out for the developers. Well, they're also looking out for themselves. Like this is dumb. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Uh, but but like that's not a, that's not always. So again, this is probably something that's unique to us. But like, it's how do you plan for that? Yeah. I think from my perspective, because I'm so far removed now from the code, I don't I don't understand how long it takes to do anything anymore. I'm just kind of taking people at their word. But if an estimate comes in higher than I think is acceptable, because the reality is whether I know how long it's gonna take or not, I have a I, I have an idea in my head. Yeah. And if there's if the delta of that from what it is to what I think it is is so great. I might ask the question, hey, why why does it take two months to build a list with some edit and deletes? Mm -hmm. um, and they might say, well, it's because we need to refactor this or we need to do X, Y, Z. Um, but if they shrug their shoulders and it's like, well, then what are you planning on doing? Yeah, but like the, the point I'm trying to make is if if they communicate to me, hey, we need to refactor this. And I'm and I'm like, well, can we do it without the refactor? Can we can we reuse what we have? Um, okay. I don't, I don't want them to just say yes. I want them to say, sure, but if we do that, here's the risk. And like, let me understand why the refactor is necessary. And I should say what's unique to us. And maybe it's not, I hope it's not unique to us, but I think to some degree it is like our motto has in there that we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients, right? Like we're not trying to just 
again, yeah, it's government contract. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, just take their money. Like, not big. Like, like in the space that we're in, like, that is precious resource to them. And, I mean, it, to us, like, it's unethical for us to ask any more than what it needs to be. Yeah, when, and when you say fiduciary, what you mean, and because a lot of people probably don't use that word on a daily basis, you mean that it is, we always act in our client's best interest. The best we can. Yes. And honestly, and again, this goes back to you know the early talk that we had at some point um we how do we see software right it's a tool it's not going to be there forever like my, my the, the, the fiscally responsible thing might be just hire a temp to do your data entry you, yeah you you uh I, I remember we gave a quote for something and you're like sure you could pay us a hundred thousand dollars to do this or you could get a temp for like a month or two yeah. and just get it done <laughs> Yeah, they wanted to throw like six figures at us for a problem that wasn't going to be around for a month. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's like that. Yeah. You, software is a utility. I'll go back to my episode one plastic fork analogy. Like it, it's a means to an end. It's not the end in and of itself. It's meant to solve a problem. And the answer to the problem might not be let's rewrite this in React. It might be, hey, let's let's keep the legacy code around and yeah i mean people i mean again like as a developer sure that's gonna frustrate me but like you know it, it but like once you again right it, it's how much ownership do you have over the system and how much can you devote yourself from the problem right like the code isn't there for me it's for somebody else yeah i don't think i i i, I think developer the the and maybe I'm overgeneralizing this, but I think the the common thought is this is my baby. Like the code. For is, some people, it is. Yeah, like I want to own that. I mean, that's what most developers want. Like I want to own this piece, and I want to be proud of it. And when you ask them to make compromises like that for the sake of estimation, it's really hard to to do that. Like, right. Some developers that we work with, they have a hard time understanding legacy stuff, and the only way for them to understand is to rewrite it. For their minds now again this is back to my philosophy right cognitive load right you're not writing it for yourself you're writing it for everyone else around you so it's and a lot of that is just being a good team member it's understanding empathy and how people understand things and and risk too because if you're going to rewrite something doesn't matter how great it is you've introduced a ton of risk you have onboarded a lot of developers you know we, More than I probably should have. Yes. Yeah. How do you teach them how to estimate? Do they just are they just like a wallflower for the first like six months, or do you actually show them how to estimate? Okay, so I'm a jerk, and I tell them, I'm not. You tell me what your estimate is first, and then I'll tell you what mine is. But the, uh, do you like? Are they wrong? Do you, do you say? Oh, all the time. No, no. But do you tell them they're wrong? No. So so you know, it's. I mean, it, it's. A difficult conversation, right? Sometimes. Because if you ask them, well, why did you think that? I don't know. It's just a number that I had. Then they're wrong. That's, right. Yeah, that's an example. Right, right. Yeah. But, but, it's a start, but it's a start that um, cultivation of thought, right? Okay. If you say it's going to take a day, what are you going to do? Why do you think it's going to be a day? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's all those challenging, critical pieces of information. So you're you don't care what the number is. You care how they came up with it. And you're, you're, help, you're teaching them how to create a number. Yeah. Not what is the because there is no right number. An estimate is a very personal and intimate thing. But if you put no thought into it, then it's wrong. It's always going to be wrong. Yeah. Right. Well, and then also like the other things too is um, what I try to advocate for my teams to do is look back at past work. You know. Now and, again, it's it's a practice that they're not consistent in. Yeah. But it's hey, like I'm going to do this project. Right. It, it's all compare and contrast. Right. That's really the, in my mind, that's the best you can do. We did this project. It's about the same as this project. Do they feel the same? Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause a lot of times, so we, we've produced some large estimates for our company and it's common for the business to say, this doesn't pass the sniff test. That's mm -hmm. what, that's what the owner generally says. Like, yeah, this doesn't pass the sniff test. Justify your estimates. So then we go through this exercise where we, put everything on post-it notes on a whiteboard and we start comparing things relative to one another. Forget hours. Yeah. Just, just com again, complexity. Comple yeah. Like, uh, is this as difficult as this? If the answer is yes, put them in the same column. 
if and then we find something else is it more or less? and it just becomes this game of relativistic estimating right and then at some point you know every five or ten then we just like hey do we still feel gut check yeah and then this beautiful thing happens and i love this part of how when we estimate then we we find a column and we give it a number just one just one and then everything just like half by half or double or whatever yeah, it is it, the yeah. estimates just reveal themselves to you that is to me that's such a better way of estimating because you you sort of remove the idea of time and you're only thinking about it in terms of complexity right and then you then you then you just say okay let's pick let's pick the the five column the the, the five degree of difficulty and let's say that's a week or that's two weeks and then mm -hmm. the the eight you know you just multiply it by whatever the percentage is and and you get an estimate and then it's really hard for the business to say the estimate's too high because you've you've gone through the effort of basically com determining degrees of difficulty of everything and then when they say well why is that a month well it's a month because we've agreed that this is a week and this is really this is four this times is, yeah, more as complicated. complicated and you can sort of talk through that um that's i love that exercise and i wish developers did it more oh well, I mean, we're gonna try it this week so yeah uh, for, well i mean this is probably gonna come out after we do it but yeah yeah so we're there's a project where um we, <laughs> it's 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 so backwards and it this ha this is so common and for us at least for us yeah and and it's fine i i've accepted it but we get a budget what well, we we determine the budget to some degree and well honestly for this project we were given a date budget didn't matter yeah so so we we have a we have a time box and we have a money box and we're basically we have to agree to that and we agree to some scope and we kind of do a gut check of is, is this even doable is this doable and then once they sign the contract and th it's funny when I, when I say it out loud this sounds stupid but once they sign the contract then we do the exercise that I just described we probably should have did the exercise before they sign the contract yeah well and honestly it, and this is where we <laughs> talked right so when we did the exercise the team wasn't present yeah right it was a Is, bunch of people feeling like we know what, we're, what the team's gonna do ironically none of them are gonna be the ones doing the work maybe except for you in some cases yeah yeah, yeah. but that's because because uh, i am the manager that will do the work do yeah i, I yeah i don't feel like i'm leading unless i'm in the trenches with people so yeah, it's, a, it's a good mindset to have yeah i mean it, it it's a different mindset than it's there, there not is, a lot of people prescribe to that. I don't think there, there are some memes that are floating around the office about you. What was the one they used to say about you? Like that'll take me. Oh yeah. That, that'll take me what th two days or a day or something, but don't ask me to do it. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> that'll take me 15 minutes, but don't ask me to but do don't it. Ask me to, yeah. That, Chris yeah. would say that all the time. Um, but you really could do it in 15 minutes. I, 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 I know I believe in you. I know. Um, well, or if it doesn't, then then you'll never know. So, yeah. Except it'll be done tomorrow morning, so it'll be fine. So we're talking about a lot of large-scale estimates. Like, what do you do for small-scale? So my favorite way to estimate for small stuff, and this is just kind of how I think about it, is can, am I going to have it done before lunch? Yes! Am I gonna the food. Have it, yeah, am I going to have it basis. done before dinner? Like, And I don't estimate tasks greater than six hours. It's either... It's either I'm gonna. So sorry. If you can't finish it before your cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah. So cup of coffee. I'm gonna drink a cup of coffee, and by the time I'm done with it, it's gonna be done. That's like a one or a two. And then it's. Am I gonna get it done before lunch? That's a three or a four. And then am I gonna get it done before dinner? That's a. That's a full day. A full day. Yeah. That's food. Yeah. I, yeah. That's yeah. how I estimate. Yeah. What's funny is that's how I tell tell all the new people is it's hard to think about numbers. It's easy to think about food. food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not so precise. Like I hate when developers say that's a thirty-minute test. Like it's not. You don't know if it's thirty minutes. Yeah. Like it is it before lunch or is it after stand-up? Yeah. You know, that, that's a good way to think about it. So yeah, that's how it's small. Small stuff's easy. Well, it's not, but yeah. because the small stuff creeps it. So again, this is a thing that we do specifically to us, right? You got your size versus your estimate versus oh, your man. sprint. Oh, yeah. Go. So, un. Before you get into this, explain this this spaghetti of how we estimate stuff at work because it's it goes. Well, sometimes in it's fettuccine, sometimes it's angel hair, sometimes it's yeah. It's, and then do you want Alfredo or 
Can I can I give a high level of it? And yeah, then yeah, you can tell. Okay. So there I I I view I think we do three like depths of estimating. There's mm-hmm. the quote where it's just a budget and it's usually estimated in terms of sprints. Is we, that a quote? I well it's it's a size that we t- we tell our clients it's it's going to be $30,000 and it might as well be a quote because if we quote them 32 Right, they, because because they because again they have to get yeah. approval for that funding to be spent. Yeah, so and they have to justify it to their funder to even get the money in the first it's place. It's really a quote. We call it a size. Everybody hates it. I don't know why we do it because the the and this is human nature. The moment you tell somebody it's going to cost a certain amount, you're anchored to that. Like y- you have to come in at or under that, mm-hmm. or you gotta you gotta maneuver that very difficult conversation so so what's funny is um do you ever read a pragmatic programmer i should have but no i haven't so there's a whole chapter in there about estimation right what do they say so they say you should estimate in the terms that you're planning and delivering what does that mean so like if you were to tell tell somebody hey i'm going to estimate it in 30 days or i can do it in 30 days well now it's 60 days now you're screwed but if you say it's going to take it one month, if you do two months, not that big of a deal, right? It's the magnitude of size of what you're oh, estimating. Oh, like the, the precision, the, what what unit of measure do you give them? Right. If you estimate in, so 30 to 60 days is mentally. It, it's a ton. You doubled your estimate. Yeah. Well, but if you go from two to three months, then you, you know what I mean? It's not as bad. Yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying. Okay. So, so yeah. And, 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 and that's kind of what we try to do. We try to do it as a quote unquote shirt size. Yeah, it's a large, extra large. But they, but they, they're. But it, but but so we do that internally, and then we turn around and give them a, do, a dollar amount. And yeah, then and then s- that's kind of because right because now we put it to a different term. So, so so we we give this ballpark, and really what it's intended to do is to just make sure that we're we're it's the warm and feels to the client. If yeah, like if it's if we say it's going to be six months worth of work. Do they even have reasonable budget for six months worth? Yeah, of work? it's like it's like shopping for like a Lamborghini versus like a Chevy Cobalt. Like it's we want to make sure that we can like if we're gonna build a she- like a uh, a Lamborghini, we want to make sure that you weren't coming to the dealership with twenty thousand dollars. So we yeah. say it's a six figure project, and, and they're like, "Well, how much?" Because we got to go back to our funders, and we're like, "Well, it's about one hundred fifty thousand dollars." Right. Well, we might as well written that in stone because. They're immediately going back to their funders and they're saying because that's not that's not a, a quick process and well sometimes it is but generally it's not yeah it's th- this and for those of you who and you can probably tell this is all government work so th- it takes months of getting budgets approved and it in in some cases it's very difficult so you know the budget might get approved and then there's like three months to build it well if if the if it if it's gonna take you six months to do it. We gotta give an estimate before we because the funding has to be spent by a certain time of year. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nightmare. So, and we we do a okay job navigating it, but we so we give this ballpark, which is used to determine budget. Then we start getting requirements. We start to think about it, and then we generate a and statement. having the client think about it too. Yeah, which yeah, for the first time sometimes. Then we generate this thing called a statement of work, which a statement of work has the scope defined it's got the phases defined the acceptance criteria acceptance criteria that really should be the first time they see a number but to generate that takes so much time like where they they can't wait their funder can't wait yeah. so so we give them this ballpark so so okay so so i'm okay so i know you're kind of t- discussing at the time how much time is it to get, generate a ballpark like how much time <laughs> we're spending on it we probably spend a few days to generate the ballpark and then we just spend, some initial questions, yeah. some high level. Hey, we kind of have to do this, this, and this. Yeah, and it's and and it's usually based on anecdote. It, it no real thought has gone into the fringe cases or the yeah, the risk. Super high level of yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been present in ballparks where it's like, do we think we can build this in a year? Yeah, okay, throw a million dollars on it, and it's like the a year to a year and a half is a big deal in 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 yeah. that. So yeah, we we spend a very little time. Um, usually because we, we, we have to, we we're, there's like four days to respond to an RFP An yeah. RFP is basically somebody saying, we want, we want to build something. Tell us what you think it's going to take to build it. And what's interesting about government work contract is it's open. It's all. Yeah. But it has to be because yeah. it's because tax they have dollars. to get the competitive. Yeah. Yep. 
So any like you can go and look at all of the RFPs in a particular sector, and you could technically bid on them. Um, and we that's that's what we do. We bid on RFPs, and sometimes we don't know about the RFP until it's due in a week, and the RF it's a two million dollar budget, and we're like, can we do it two million dollars? And the answer is always optimistically yes. But so so that's not that's not the statement of work though. That's no no right. That's yeah. just a... so we we generate those very fast. The 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 quotes or the ballparks. Then we do a statement of work that takes months to produce because we're. We're sitting down with the client. We're asking questions. We're figuring out all the fringe cases. We're designing a solution. We're designing a solution, yes. So then we do that. So there's two estimates there, the ballpark and the statement of work. Statement of work is gospel. It's it's locked in. The quote is sort of locked in. Like you're going to disappoint the client if you come to them with a higher number, but you can. there's still room to increase that or decrease it. Rough, roughly same area. Once that statement of work is generated... That's all. Off. That's all we're gonna get. If it if we quote them a month and it takes us two, we eat the we eat that month. It's it's a loss, and we've done that in the past. Mm-hmm. So then we do that. Then we create stories and tasks, and the team thinks about how they're gonna build it. Because the SOW still might not have all the fringe cases. It's yes. just gonna have what we've thought about the solution so far, and then now we get our QA really. Well, this is how we do it. Then our QA really gets involved. At, well, sorry, the team gets involved. It's part of the SOW. Yeah, they they're, they yeah, generate, they're present. Yeah. They're present after the solution's been discussed with the client, the product owner. They all agree on it. Yep. It's ran through the architecture team, UI UX team, generally, hopefully. But the, but they might have only spent a, a few days or a week generating it, and and that could be a a year long endeavor or like the the project they're quoting in a week could could amount to fifty two weeks worth of work. Right. And then we get into, after the statement of work is signed, we get into planning meetings and grooming meetings and refinement meetings. And then we estimate a third time. And those estimates are generally higher in some cases or sometimes lower. And we're estimating a third time. Mm-hmm. And and that's where, I, that's where I really struggle because... What is, what's the value of that third estimate? What's the value of that third estimate? Because at the end of the day, we're locked into this, quote, this quoted amount. Um, and the value, I, I think, is that it helps build confidence in the quote. And if we do see we're deviating from it, it gives us a little bit of time to react to it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing that we're, I don't know, I don't say experimenting or doing now is, you know, the difference between the estimate and how much time does it actually take? Because there's times that I know the team has done the work. They estimated it like 20 hours, so like three or four days of work. And they finish it in a half a day. So like way off. But when it comes to the quote, dead on, right? So like it, it, it's it's weird kind of seeing how yeah, those so, things deviate. So so what you're describing is, and, and the teams were, like they almost were given a false sense of like, we're doing great. Because they, they quoted at eight hours. Then they, so the SOW says eight hours. Then they, in planning, they say 20. Because they're... They're thinking about complicating it. Yeah. or whatever, yeah. And then they or, get... or they're thinking about each other's experience, right? Because yep. maybe the person that's the slowest at it isn't the person that picked it up. It's a person that really knows what they're doing. Yeah. So they quoted at eight, they planned it for twenty, and they get it done in ten. And then they're like, "Well, we we quote we we planned it at twenty, we did it in ten, hooray!" Never going back to the original quoted amount and realizing, well, we were twenty percent over and. It's kind of death by a million cuts when you do that because if you never go back and you refer to the quote, you you get to the end of the six month project and you're three weeks behind schedule. Yeah. So for for planning is good, but where where you you come up with a twenty, but you gotta look back at the eight. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta say, hey, are we overcomplicating this based on what we quoted it? Right. And that that's that's the rub, and and that's that's the. The most difficult thing about our job, I think, is estimating. So, yeah. so you, so you do think someday we're going to get to a point where estimates are? Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly, to some point, it's inevitable, yeah. right? I mean, honestly, and I've talked with again back in our current position, I've talked about, you know, it's moving away from estimates and looking at more as quotes, right? Like, how does a mechanic quote their work? How do they, or sorry, how do they estimate their work? Well, they've repaired a thousand engines before. Yeah, they know what they know what's going to entail on this. I, 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 I have a recent bad experience with a mechanic that quoted me two thousand, 
and then didn't fix it, and then I needed three thousand. Now you tell them that they're a dick, and you had they hold them to the two thousand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, honestly, like there, there, there's some pieces. To, there's some, and again, that's kind of the challenge that we have, right? Yeah. Is you you can only approve the work that they give, right? Yeah. Like we quote it, we're held to it. You know, it's the same thing. Like if it if a mechanic says two thousand dollars to fix this well it's two thousand dollars to fix it well and i think what you want in that scenario is if the mechanic sees it's going to be more you want transparency communication right which is what we try to do with our clients if we if we see a project is starting to deviate from the quote it's better to get ahead of that have that conversation and otherwise you're going to get to the end and you're yeah. going to be like i am out of time and we're going to be late and everyone's going to be mad because i one thing that i feel confident in is if the quote starts to get out of control, if like if the if the actual time spent gets out of control, I'm confident that I can design a solution to go to get back down to the estimate. Like we can we can always create a solution if you know about it soon enough. Yeah, because like, once you get to the end, you have these last five things. Like you can't cut sure, these last sure. five things. But that's where prioritization comes into play. Right. Like do do the things they need, like first and then at the end of the project have the nice to haves yeah again back to our translations project right oh yeah we we did not deliver a ton of functionality no. but we we, we delivered the most important yep. functionality yep we we said hey we're, we're there's a ton of uncertainty we feel like we can meet 95 percent of this this five percent maybe we get to it but we're going to promise you that this last five percent is not critical to what you need we're right. gonna we're gonna do the critical stuff first and and we'll or and we'll deliver it after the fact yeah right like is this what you really need for again this is again another client that we've been dealing with over the past couple months is this day one or is this day 30 yeah that's a good way of looking at it do i do i need it right out of the gate or can i get it a month or two after and there's a lot of times there's a lot of value in waiting for the month or two because getting users to use the thing you're building can eliminate some of the uncertainty with the design that might be causing your estimates to be high right because again even when we're designing a solution i mean again how we do it and I feel like a lot of other places, like you might think this is the best route with educated decisions and things like that. But when it comes down to brass tacks, did you really need it in the first place? Yeah, you have no idea how your users are going to use the software until they start using it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for episode two of Working as Designed. Yeah. But yeah, th I think we're starting to get the hang of this. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, thank you so much. Um, please like, subscribe, share. Um, and uh, can't wait to see you guys next week. Yeah. See ya.